Welcome back to Just Enough Troll. Right, isn't that how it goes? Yeah. You get the Halloween voices out. Yeah. The, do you think Romanians are mad about that? <laughs> People doing. Um, you have to do. Here's how you. Uh, Welcome to Just Enough Troll. Oh, that's that's it's improved. All vampires have yes. speech impediments, apparently. Yeah, because of their their teeth. <laughs> but yeah. don't you think that they would get used to it? Yes, one would If you're think. Wesley Snipes, you know, it's always like, it's open season, and I'm all shook in. <laughs> so, so my, 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 I'm trying to ask it uphill. <laughs> all right, we'll just take the thing out and maybe try it that way. Right, right. You just ADR this. <laughs> when you ADR vampires' lines, do you go, <clears throat> you will never destroy... Ah, ah no, no, no. What? Oh, <laughs> You will never destroy the circle. <laughs> Yes, but then what is the point of doing ADR if you just do that? I don't feel like there's... Has there ever been a movie where a werewolf just talked normal? I kind of doubt it. If you watch like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, there's just a guy in a denim shirt or, is like, or like the blue cotton sure. <laughs> work shirt. Yeah. That's the... It wasn't, you've seen the wolf man? That guy was rich. Yes. He had a silver-headed cane. I know. But it's always in like a blue work shirt for some reason. Actually, they did that for contrast, I think. Okay. Because he always wore like those white or like uh, linen suits. And then when he becomes the wolf man, they wanted like a contrast. You know, the the color of the character was darker because it's an evil curse or whatever. Right. It's so silly. I I don't know. You got any Hollywood content you want to throw in? Uh, do I? Um, I think I've done a yeoman's job. Well, you have. Um, I'm. I guess I'm disappointed that like the mummy, uh, the la- most recent mummy movie did not do so well, and we will not be getting an extended universe. We talked about how it made around four hundred and fifty million dollars on yes. a budget of at least like one hundred and twenty before. Right. Um, PNA or, or whatever, right? Yeah, but still. So not a breakout hit, right? But what if they just kept going? Yeah, but I don't think they're going to. No, because Paramount or no, it's Universal. Yes. Has, although Paramount has grown too, has no confidence. Just keep going. You yeah. had Johnny Depp, who beyond all logic and reasoning, people will still go see. Yeah. You had Angelina Jolie. Same same thing. Uh, who else do they have? Javier Bardem, I guess. Okay. Like, and Tom Cruise. People like Tom Cruise. People do like Tom Cruise. You had some heavy hitters. Yeah, I know. What happened? I they they just completely dropped the ball and like walked away. It's like I I don't want to play anymore. And at the you same know? time that you were succeeding at Star Trek Discovery, Alex Kurtzman, you were failing at the Mummy, and so it was mm-hmm. just like yoink. There must have been some trapdoor clause in the contract where it's like, nope. I'm a TV guy now. And yep. I'm well, totally fine with that. we've talked about it. That's for the best. I like the idea of Halloween probably more than I actually like Halloween itself. Because I like the idea of dressing up, uh, getting candy, or going to a party, or having fun, that sort of thing. But I guess I'm kind of lazy as far as like actually dressing up goes. You know what it is? What? We're actors. Yeah. Getting in a costume holds no excitement for me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like it just, it's, I'm over it. And when I think about some of my friends and some of the amazing uh, costume that they put together, yes. just the ideas behind them. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who is going um, with her boyfriend as Crowley and Azrafel or whatever from oh, uh, fine. Good Omens. And they've, to the nine, I mean, they're rich, so they can afford to make cool costumes. But yeah. it's like to the nines, got the whole thing, looks great. 
You're gonna see. You're gonna run into a lot of Crowleys and Ezra Fells well, when you're out there. Yeah, it's uh, true. But maybe I haven't seen the show. Maybe they meet themselves because of time travel or something. But you're gonna see that a lot. Um, and it they, and not, the rest of the year, no, no dressing up. They're not doing anything. Uh-huh. And so it's like, okay, well, that's how you get it out. But yeah. you could do this all the time, right? If you wanted to. True. Um, I don't know. There's cons and cosplays and, you know, mm-hmm. meetups and things like that. Yeah. But they, they don't. And so, but that's how they get it out. And like, I don't, after years of putting on costumes and other clothes that sometimes other people made, sometimes I made right. for different things. Um, I, don't, I just don't, it doesn't, there's no excitement in it for me. There's no novelty in it for me. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I think, you know, um, Maybe if I had somewhere to go, something to do, maybe that would motivate me more. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, to dress up. Yeah. It's well, almost, yeah, there's just nowhere to go. Well, I mean, since you've got that ankle bracelet oh, on. Oh, stop it. I think um, like w- one time, maybe eight years ago, I think you and I went to a Halloween party or maybe like a restaurant yeah. that was allowing people in with costumes uh-huh. and went, no, I don't think we're doing this anymore. And then that was the end. <laughs> That's the cutoff. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. yeah anyway, I I think I wore a costume once just for fun, and I wasn't going anywhere. And like I felt, to work? No, just, you're just in the sitting evening. on your couch. I, I think in I was rabbit ears. I think I went and picked you up somewhere in downtown, and then like I saw all these other people dressed up going from bar to bar, and you know, right? That which is what people do. Yeah, and I I was just you in the could car. do that. Yeah, I know. I, it doesn't sound like fun to me though. <laughs> okay, so I don't know what <laughs> what are you complaining about then? I'm not sure what I'm complaining this, this about. This began with your statement that you observe it more in the um, the breach than the observance, or the other way around. Well, yeah, the I don't I don't actually Honored in the breach dress than up the observance. as much. Yeah, what's isn't that like a gun, like the breach or a cannon? I'm, what does that mean? You shoot the cannon. I have like no yeah idea. yeah all right, but like you're not like you're not taking it up, you know, and treasuring it in your heart or whatever. Right. I don't mean, say just don't say right to everything I say because well, one, one of these days plausible. I'm going to slip. Uh, and you know Hitler was right, and then you're going to be Stop like, yeah, it. yeah, right. And no, then, I'm not. You have a real problem. Okay, all right. Big Jojo Rabbit fan over here. Stop it. I love when we were at the movies the other day, and the Jojo Rabbit poster has in the upper left hand corner, which is like the hot spot. You know, if you know anything about, um, mm. well, we were talking about PNA before about advertising. Yeah. In f- a font as big as the words Jojo Rabbit and anti hate satire. Yeah. And I'm like, if you got to instruct us before we walk in that it's an anti-hate satire, maybe, A, you didn't try hard enough at your satire, and B, it's not the right time for this satire, because I just think that it's dangerous to make Hitler funny, because Mm -hmm. how many Nazis do you want to hear laugh? Right. You know, like, Uh, the death of Stalin didn't have to write... An anti-communist satire on the top of it. Like, it just, it's, that's what it's about. Right. It's not like, what a, what a silly character that old Adolf was. Right. So, so, so kooky. Yeah. And I bet uh, Scarlett Johansson jumped at the chance to be in that movie. Did we? So many issues. Happy Halloween. We were starting off on the wrong rabbit foot here. Uh, 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 uh. Jojo Rabbit Foot. That's right. Uh, it's a Just Enough Show podcast. I'm your host, Caliban. Joined as always by my co-host. Hi, and I'm now Mika Hanna. That's out of the way, and we can apologize. We're here to to celebrate. Yes. Not de-elevate. <laughs> hey, uh, if Prince cor- says it's correct. a word, it's a word. Right. 
so we're going to be talking about a couple different properties today. Um, none of them really spooky except maybe one, but we <laughs> can uh, get to that when we get to it, we'll be talking about the news. We have a lot to get through, so we're going to have to just kind of cut this off probably and go right to the news after this. But mm -hmm. talking about the news, I've got a review of a brand new video game that's All out right. uh, this week. It's called The Outer Worlds. Mm -hmm. It's a fantasy, not actually a fantasy, but kind of. It's a sci-fi space opera RPG sure. for yeah. uh, PC, Xbox, and PS4, and in the sw future Switch. I'd love to see how they're going to do it on the Switch, but apparently they want to bring it to the Switch. Okay. You can do Witcher 3, I guess you can do anything. Uh, we're talking sure. about that. We're talking about uh, a film that just came out mm -hmm. called The Lighthouse yes. from Robert Eggers. Uh, have our review of that. That's the spooky thing. And then we'll be talking about the spooky, continued fascination <laughs> of American audiences with rich families and their shitty kids. Yes. Uh, we're going to compare a uh, compare and contrast a pair of fail son shows mm -hmm. on HBO. One is the show Succession, and yes. the other is the show The Righteous Gemstones. Yes, it's an HBO check-in. It is because HBO really has this down. All their shows are fail son shows, aren't they? In I some mean, ways. Game of Thrones is. The greatest fail son show of them all, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> It'd be like, yeah, well, the failed bastard son. Yeah. yeah. Now the story of a brother and sister who Ugh. were banging it out. All right. And the one imp who kept them all together. <laughs> it's arrested Lannisters. <laughs> so we're talking about that later in the show. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing good, Cal. I know that you're full yeah. of hate and bile. We know that. I am Probably not. because you're resentful because other people are dressing up and having fun. And you just can't do it. I Look, I could do it if I really wanted to. <laughs> That's so. what they all say. <laughs> I bet if we wanted to, we could do the news. Well, we mentioned HBO before. We might as well double down. Craig Mazin, the just ex energetic, exuberant guy who is just spitting all over himself to talk about uh, how fascinating Chernobyl is, the guy that created the series. And if mm -hmm. you watch, stick around for the featurettes afterwards, he's like, oh, so can you believe? And it's like, all right. <laughs> Uh, yes. he, he is going to uh, turn his documentary-ish gaze towards another uh, big, huge disaster. Oh, And okay. that is What's the that? Pirates of the Caribbean franchise by Disney. <laughs> okay. What, is he going to make a, he's going to make a documentary about it? <laughs> no, no. He's going to actually be working on the new films. Oh, I didn't realize that I was going to be I just assumed that's what his uh, his goal was in uh, making this hard-hitting, dramatic, you know, pulling back the, the rug, uh, you know, uh. series on HBO about Chernobyl. Mm. Uh, that's leading to him um, working on the... Uh, it's just a natural progression. Pirates movies. Yeah. Um, weird. Weird follow-up, I feel. Yeah. Um, I mean, good work if you can get it, I guess, but um, it doesn't not seem logical at all, but okay. No, um, it's logical that they need to save this series. <laughs> okay. Right? I guess. So he'll be working with mm. uh, Ted Elliott, who wrote like the first four films. Okay. Um, and another guy who also is maybe a garbage person, like Johnny Depp. So Disney? Yeah. You learned your lesson, didn't you? You're like, tell you what, no more Star Wars for a while. Right. Why not no more pirates for a while? Or is pirates going to 
tar in the cracks while Star Wars gets the boat righted. Oh, I hope not. I I I don't know. I I know I've seen the first two. I feel like I've seen the third one. I'm pretty sure I have not seen the fourth one. What are you talking about? The Pirates oh, movies. That's not really what I asked, but okay. Uh, um, but why do we need to continue this story? Why is that important? Because they are, they've made billions and billions of dollars Okay. for Disney. So here is, before he turned his wonderful pen to, I don't know, I don't, I don't have anything else to say. This, I think this guy's a hack. Uh, the Chernobyl is not very historically accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, we everybody knows that he took the hundreds of men and women that worked on it and condensed it into one character played by Emily Watson, well, who has European sad face. So she's <laughs> going to have to be in that. Um, I, he, to me, he just seems like a hacky screenwriter who wrote read like a true story. You know, uh, not a biography, but just a book about the Chernobyl disaster. Sure. Who looking at the gray in his beard? He was definitely alive when it happened, but mm. maybe didn't pay any attention to it. And then he read this book and went, do you guys know about this thing that happened in Russia? Crazy. <laughs> and then just took that book. And I think the book is credited in the show, uh-huh. the source book, and just put that on screen with the guy from Mad Men. Sure. Just saying words. So here's what else he's worked on. Rocket Man. Oh, boy. Just because you don't know doesn't mean anybody else doesn't know. Yeah. Senseless. Senseless. That's I think that's that Damon Wayans movie where uh, Brad Dourif is doing tests on him, and so he, he he loses one sense, but the other become more powerful, and so it's just him like. Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> scary movie three and four. Wow. Superhero movie. I am not familiar with that at all. That is, remember how scary movie branched out into. Oh, other diff- satire yeah. films? So it's like, we're the, we're the 300, we're the Spartans or whatever. Oh, sure. That sort of stuff. Okay. That's what's going on there. Uh, the Hangover Part 2. Okay. And Part 3. All right. But not 4 because of SJWs. Uh, uh, Huntsman's Winter's War. So that's, that's the second that the one. Second one? Yeah. yeah. And okay. he's doing the uh, Charlie's Angels movie that's coming up, which is going to be great. Fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... It's not a great Nobody legacy so far. wears any invisible clothes on this podcast, do they? <laughs> no. You come in, you get, well, you are naked, but you get ritualistically stripped down yes. of your invisible clothes. A- absolutely. Yeah. That's why, look, we're going to talk about HBO. We're going to talk about TV and what people like and why they like it in the last 20 years. Right. And that ain't going to take all that much time, so we can just spend another half an hour on this, but... <laughs> I just never understood everybody's love for Chernobyl. I thought it's fine. People like feeling sad and people are really into like gray. Uh, muted tones. Muted tones, you know, a color gradation and uh, bad hairdos right now. And so Chernobyl did okay. And it's fine. If, yeah. you, if you are a millennial who was not around when this happened, this might be a good way for you to go, oh my God, like somebody who grew up post fall of the Soviet Union. And mm-hmm. so you didn't have this idea of this, you know, NATO, Warsaw Pact, Western Eastern Bloc, did the Russians love their children too? Mommy, why does everybody have a bomb type thing? Right. It might be fun for you as a period piece. But for me, I was just like. <laughs> it was. um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Maybe it was like boiling all of those scientists down into one person or. You have to boil them down uh, at 350 degrees uh, and then right. pipette them into. A, right. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
or like killing Jared Harris at the very beginning and then like, woo, rewind that back. Let's see what happened. Spoiler um, for the first three minutes of the show. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know that's what, what it was. I, that's if it what was it, the storytelling. You can't. I don't. It's not even. I don't know. Is, is hacky what everybody does? Because you can't even make that. Here's what I want to say. Yeah. That's hacky, but everybody does it. Mm. So we started off. Something happens and it's like three months before. Right, right. That's just, that was old when Battlestar Galactica was doing it. Fair. And now everybody does it. And that's absolutely what the writer of superhero movie would do to start his Chernobyl show. Let's talk about Disney Plus teaming up with the Jim Henson Company for a puppet talk show. Okay. So they pulled the Muppet Show idea, but now they're going to go Muppet Talk Show. Yes. It's going to be called Earth to Ted. It has a series order because Netflix is looking at, uh, Disney's looking at Netflix and saying, uh, you guys are the only ones that can spend money. Right. And uh, hold my mouse ears. And yeah. it's going to be a half an hour show. Uh, Ned, a, oh, did I say Earth to Ned or Ted? You Doesn't said matter. Ted, I think. Nobody really gives a shit. Uh, Ned is a blue skinned alien. He has a lieutenant. Uh, and they interview celebrity guests. So it's just puppet space ghost, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Why didn't they pick Kermit? They wanted to pick somebody nobody knows. Um, like... Let's rest the Kermit brand right now. Okay. What do you think? All right. <laughs> I, guess. I think that's what's going on here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So uh, so they're like, no more Muppet show. No. Just, just, uh... Dirty looks. So is there going to be a Muppet band on this talk show too? I'm going to say yes. Okay. For you? Yeah. Yes. All right. No. Audience, no. <laughs> Let's talk about what's going on in Disney TV, uh, i.e. Yeah. Marvel TV. We're shaking up the shakeups. Cloak and Dagger has been canceled. I heard. So this is, that's it, right? Yeah, that's the I end. think so. That's the end of non-Disney Plus Marvel TV. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. Oh, well, well, no. Hellstrom. That's true. That's, expe- okay, so next, okay, so next story is going to be um, me jerking off about my predictions and then that'll be followed by a prediction. Okay. And I'll give, like Craig Mazin would do, the, the end right now, which is expect Hellstrom to be canceled soon. Now we wrote three months right. earlier. Right, right, right. Uh, Jeff Loeb is out at Marvel TV. He's out? He found his bespoke box and it's full of a picture and a, just a green plant, you know, and then some file folders. And he's gone. Is this because Kevin Feige got uh, promoted upwards? Is that um, why he's gone? Well, yeah. Yeah. What is he going to do? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so he's just he's just out, gone, pink slip. See you later. Here, here's well, you stuff. know, it's framed like he's moving on to new opportunities. But yeah, he's not only is he redundant, he also doesn't like Kevin Feige. So now that Kevin Feige's the boss, bye. Okay. Predicted this last week. You, you did. Yeah, you, you did. Um, I, I Thanks, remember. I, I really feel supported. Um, hey, I am supporting you. Um, okay. I feel bad for him, but um, I don't. You don't? No. Okay. He's been doing this forever. He wrote Teen Wolf. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he'll be fine. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah. Hopefully, he'll go back. I mean, he's not going to be making the money that he was um, making horrible horrible broadcast marvel series but, yeah you know what do you want yeah there's ups and downs he knew it yeah i suppose it's the business that he got into yeah. team wolf the 1985 film not uh team wolf the, the tv, TV show, show. i is, thought that's uh, what you meant the film. jeff b davis yeah okay. or, or just jeff davis 
Who's the comedian that's Dan Harmon's friend? I have no idea. Well, it's one of the Jeff Davises. Okay. If he has a suit on, wrong one. (laughs) A little more TV news. Uh, Back to Jared Harris. Looks like uh, we'll be moving forward with the Apple TV adaptation of Isaac Asimov's Foundation. Okay. What do you... uh, This is where you ask questions. I don't know anything about Foundation. podcast host. Um, Foundation books are a series of books about a future empire of humanity in space okay and they center around something called psychohistory which is okay. their the you know it's just a space empire uh, not like evil necessarily like uh, star wars but um they're in decline or they're worried about decline and psychohistory is um something that looks at the sort of de- this is before um quantum mechanics had really um, ramped up to a public understanding but the idea okay. that if you know the the right amount of information you can model where the universe will go. And so there are certain individuals huh. and I haven't read them. So I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I just know this is what it's about. So yeah. if it's a little bit wrong. I'm sorry, but there are certain individuals who see like, Oh, if we head down this path, yeah. you know, it's like prophecy, but science prophecy, like we're in okay. trouble. So they move to sort of change things and do good According things and bad things to try to keep the empire headed in the right direction. Okay. And Jared Harris is going to be in it. Yeah. But, uh, David S. Goyer is writing it. So none of that matters. <laughs> okay. What did we do? With what? What did I do? Who did I hurt sin against? What bank, di- bank did I rob? What crime did I commit to have to suffer these shitty creators? I'm a little mad I this week. Know. I don't know. I'm a little upset. Yeah. I got that. Maybe it's brothers and sisters. <laughs> we have sinned. We have sinned against TV. Oh we have sinned goodness. against movies. <laughs> we have sinned against Netflix anime adaptations. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Well, that's if you had started off. That's clearly where I was going with oh, this. Okay. Well, all right. That was this skit. Uh, <laughs> what? What's? I don't know. When, what, when is enough enough? I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why. These Does David creators... S. Goyer have a daughter? I take that back. Oh, I boy. take that back. Now I have sinned. Um, what? Why do these? Nobody likes what they do. I know. No one. So why do people like him keep getting these things? I satisfied myself yeah. with the explanation that they were nice and easy to work with. Yes. But. That's not like Stanley Kubrick existed. He had a career until yeah. he died before his movie that was reshot twice. Yeah. And like basically kept the biggest movie stars in the world hostage in London for two years. I know. Was released. Yes. And yet he was considered the greatest director of all time. Mm-hmm. Not a nice guy. Yeah, I know. So that I'm wrong. That can't be it. Tell me right I, now. I, I don't know. Out of the mouth is. of babes, go. Do they know where all the bodies are buried or something? Mm, no, come on. Um, Look, how many people knew where Harvey Weinstein's bodies were buried? And it I, took. I don't. That know. went so long. I know. Uh, I know. And so many people were guilty by not helping out. I feel like uh, in that situation, I I don't know what we did. We gotta, um, we gotta leverage this guy. It feel it feels to me like we have more shitty creators than ever, and I don't know if it's because of um, you know how we uh, ab- like um, absorb uh, TV these days because of all this different streaming services. Is there just 
more TV, so therefore there's more creators, and therefore the there's more. The Brothers were nobody until Netflix just said, "Sure, here's a whole series, right?" And we're gonna push the hell out of it. I know it's popular now, but there were ads for it and everything mm-hmm. like back when it first came out. Like it was, they thought they had something on their hands. Yes. Now. They always think they have something on their hands. They're giving money out to everybody, and every week they're pushing something. But when seven seconds doesn't <laughs> wait, is it no eight seconds? That's the Luke Perry rodeo movie. Seven uh, seconds is the racially charged cop drama. Yeah, that they were pushing. The second it fails, no more seven seconds. Yeah, I know. except on those Netflix screensavers that yes. they never changed. Yeah, so exactly. Three years after the failure of seven seconds, I still see an ad for it in yes. my Netflix. That. Is that on our PS4? Do I need to update or something? Anyway, I don't, I I don't care. No I don't look idea. at it anyway. But so they they knew they had something, but it doesn't matter because they always push stuff. You, I get it. I get that there's a fear in adapting a property. Yeah. You're an executive. You just got this job because the last guy got fired because mm-hmm. he greenlit that Richard Gere kills everybody show. Right. And so you're like, I don't know what to do. And so you, David Escalier is like, let me give you some encouragement, you know, and puts his army around you, and you're like, okay, okay. He must have some stats somewhere where he doesn't show you Metacritic, but like the money balances out, you know, or whatever the math is of what the studio, wherever they're secured, because they could take a bath on a movie and if they can push the losses out to the investors or whatever, and Mm. like the studio itself doesn't lose the money. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm in cuckoo land. I don't know what the answer is. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I I hear you. But just like put this guy to pasture already. Yeah, I know. Jesus. He must be successful enough that they keep trusting him, you know? People still want to make a movie with Brian Singer. They're just waiting for this last round of things to blow over. It's like, how many rounds does there have to be? Yeah. He's not a great person. You know, I think the evidence shows. Well, his mom is sick. Okay. (sighs) Yeah, okay, lots of people's moms are sick. That Whoa, I, I was going to say maybe he's making that up. I mean, how many times has your grandma oh. died when you need a day off from work? But right away you're like, yeah, screw moms, they're all sick. No, I'm not, I'm not all like, the screw, time. Mm, I just mean that that doesn't mean he's a nice person because he has a sick parent, you know? It doesn't mean that, like, oh, he was being selfless that entire time helping his mom. I mean, maybe he was. I don't know. But that doesn't, like absolve his sins you know what i'm saying like it doesn't like take them away <laughs> we're talking a lot about sins yeah, are, are I, you talking I, to god I, or are you talking to the head of warner brothers and Whoever, fox whoever's listening nobody is okay. uh sadly uh let's say something good about a good creator okay. uh rob schraub uh who's the creator behind well scud the uh, disposable yes. assassin comic book but also the sarah silverman show um robot bastard the House is a Monster, Monster House. Yes. Great Halloween movie. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of other things. Uh, is working on a creep show show for Shudder. Uh, remember oh. Shudder? Shudder is the... Yeah. I can't remember if they started off as an AMC thing or AMC bought them, but they're a streaming service, a horror three horror streaming stuff. service. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so they are um, owned by AMC. They're making a creep show show, uh, and that is... Basically, a show version of the Creep Show film from 1981, oh, 82, I've never whatever, seen that. whatever it was. Okay. I didn't expect that you would have. And anyway, uh, and so uh, they uh, have premiered this show. It premiered last month, about oh, okay. a month ago. Uh, and it was huge for the network. It broke. Uh, really? Yeah, viewing uh, viewership records. Sure. Uh, for the network. Huh. Um, 
yeah, like 54% of their users are like watching this. So Oh, that's great. Yeah. That sounds like good news. It so. is good news. Yeah, okay. Um I mean, you don't you're not a horror guy, so N- Not really. I mean, <laughs> so are it doesn't you, really matter. Are you interested in watching it? I might. Yeah. I might watch it and, and come back to you. Okay. Uh, I think they have Mandy on Shutter, so I might just Ooh, watch Mandy. I love Mandy. F- 400 times and then come back and it's, talk about that. It's so much fun. I mean, seriously. Is uh, Cosmatos the, the Eggers of uh, psychedelic... Uh, he might be. What would you even call Mandy? It's not horror. It's a thriller. thriller? Action. Psych- psych- psychological thriller? Yeah. I you're, you're driving seen, on the moon. I, I don't think I've seen any of his other films, though. So I'm just going off of Mandy. Oh. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. All right. Uh, speaking of films, it looks yes. like. Uh, did you watch that Bloodshot trailer? The Vin Diesel um, trailer. I watched some of it. I have not seen the entire thing. I heard that the it, it's very. Um, it tells you the whole story of the film, right? Which is why I haven't seen. <laughs> which all is a big it. problem with trailers, but they, they pointed it out specifically, like in my, the reviews of this trailer. So I watched like the first act and a half mm-hmm. of the trailer and was like, okay, all right, yeah, I'll probably check it out. Right, Vin Diesel, yes, Damn. kicking dudes. Yeah, how much of his own f- even fighting do you think he does? He doesn't seem like very quick, does he? And this is like he t- gets turned into like a. Nano machine ninja, yes. right? Right. But he doesn't. He's not like a ninja. He's like a a, a brute. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe the guy runs a four second forty. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely in shape, but that doesn't mean he does all the stunts, you know. So I do all my stunts. <laughs> There's. We've talked about. Well, listeners of this show will know my obsession with trying to get mm, the perfect. Vin Diesel, and yes. it's not what you think. It's like, oh, well, I've got some family. Like, there's, it, there is some other part yeah. of his throat. I know, like the way that a cat has an organ specifically that purrs, or um, a, a bullfrog has some sure. part has an extra tube in its larynx that l- allows it to do the thing. Yeah, that's what Vin Diesel. <laughs> it's not ready for I know. prime time. But, I know. Uh, yeah. Another thing we've talked about, I don't know if we've talked about on the show or not, but like how um, action stars often have. Oh, you're so proud of this theory. Oh, they they, they talk kind of weird. Some of them, it's just like it's their actual accent. But others, it's just like, I don't know where they came from or why they sound like this, but they do. Or sometimes you ask them a question and they just repeat it back to you. Ask me a question. Uh, who's your favorite Avenger? Who is my favorite Avenger? <laughs> I guess it's got to be Hawkeye. <laughs> sometimes they do that. Yes, sometimes they do do that. <laughs> Let's talk about other movies. Patty Jenkins has announced that the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer yes. will be coming out in the near future. Okay, well, I guess I'll keep my eyes peeled for that. December I'm excited. 8th. Excited about that. December 8th. Is when the film comes out? No, that when the trailer comes oh, out. Oh, okay. I was like, what, the film comes out, is that next year? Yeah, 2020. Okay. This is the release date. But, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm excited. This is a, um, it's going to be tough. You think so? Mm-hmm. Okay. I do. Why do you think so? Because DC cannot get it right. They are the Wiley E. Coyote. Yeah. Of superhero filmmakers. I thought the last Wonder Woman was all right. And oh, I. It was 
absolutely all right. All but right. I felt like I could feel the sticky juice hands of a million uh, aforementioned uh, prepubescent uh, studio executives on oh. it. Yeah. You know, it has all these interesting sort of nooks and crannies, none of which are explored at all. So we introduce the multinational team of crack commandos that are going to help her. Mm-hmm. But they all are have broke ass like backstories and they're all like really bad and nobody actually helps her. I mean, who could? Uh, but then we don't actually like drill down into any of them. So you've yeah. got like... Um, not sick boy. Who was he in? The guy from Train Spotting. Yeah. Uh, he's got PTSD, and you're like, well, we're gonna. He's gonna get his moment where he comes through and like right. gets it, gets over it. No, no, he just kind of disappears after the second act. Yeah. You, oh, you got the guy the, who's like uh, an, an Arab guy, and he's gonna like make some point about. No, he's. They're all just gonna disappear. <laughs> and then she's gonna fight a robot CGI guy on a on yeah a runway. on a tarmac. So yeah, mm-hmm. not great. All of their. Successes are Indiana Jones rolled through, reach back, grab the hat, pull it through like successes. Like none of them are like set. So when you start monkeying with the formula and you put it into, I feel like we're already past, like 80s nostalgia. Are we back into it now or are we moving out of it? I feel like we're moving out of it again. Well, it's hard for me to tell. Um, I mean, X-Men kind of effed up the 90s angle. Yeah. I feel like we're... We want some more 90s and 80s, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But, so we're doing that. Captain Marvel. We've got a, a, a crappy villain in Cheetah. Sorry, Wonder Woman fans. Who maybe has potential. Yeah. But it's an actress who is known for her comedy. Mm-hmm. I know she's done dramatic stuff, Kristen Wiig. But so is it going to be like a goofy, funny thing? Right. And is that going to fit the tone? They got their work cut out for them. It's they not do. just Aquaman where it's like, none of this really matters. We got an octopus playing the drums. Like, you understand. Like, there's none of this. This doesn't matter at all. So the stake's very low. Uh, I mean, I like Shazam also, but um, uh, I don't know. I think maybe I need to watch Wonder Woman again before the second film comes out. Let me know how that turns out. All right. Hey, let's talk about the movie that has got it going on, baby. What is that? I don't know. Adult, my name is Dolomite. Uh, uh, no, uh, the Disney and Marvel and the way that they've got everything wrapped up. The Star Wars movie presale is nearly doubled. I think at this point it has doubled presales for Endgame. That is episode nine. Wow. Yeah. I guess that doesn't totally surprise me. Um, no. I mean. Yeah. Uh yeah, kind of figured they would do really well. And since it's the last one, you know, maybe more people are planning on going than previously. I don't know. Yeah, because last chapters are always really great, <laughs> especially when they face the pressure of shouting out and homaging eight previous films and I bringing know. to a close every plot line from the previous eight films. I know. All from a guy who has never written an ending in his life, J.J. Abrams. That is very true. Now, they put themselves in this situation. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to do this. No. I don't know who's I don't know who's in charge creatively over there. I don't know what's going on. Catherine Kennedy? I don't know. Well, I mean, in a way, she yeah. ultimately you have to convince her, but she's yeah. not coming up with this stuff. You think you'd have some wunderkins coming up with this, some stuff. Yeah, you I would. guess that was supposed to be Gareth Edwards or whatever, but that turned out great. Mm. And so I, they put themselves in this situation where they had to put a button on everything that's happened up to this point. I know. And they watched George Lucas fall completely on his ass and his 
flannel shirt split open and we saw his uh you know i i love cars tattoo <laughs> sure <laughs> i don't know uh and they went hold my flannel shirt let's do it yeah why not steer away from that why not do something else yes no we've talked about this I everybody's know. talked about this but i guess it is exciting that they made so much money. Now, we don't know how this works. You know, like they go, ah, it's made the most money of all time. Yeah, but you had the money to make the deals to put it on 6,000 screens mm-hmm. when, I don't know, T2 or whatever, there were only 2,500 film screens in the country sure. that could have played it. Yeah. So it's all... Relative. Yeah, and this whole pre-sale thing is relatively new. So, I mean, it is absolutely a milestone, but how it compares to, for instance... Avengers or any other pre-sale situation, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I have to assume that there's going to be a huge drop-off, though. Don't you think people are here to see the end, but they're yes. not going to stick around? Unless it's a super great movie, and then they'll see it a million times. Well, I, I do think... But I think the with, drop-off's going to be big. I, I think the drop-off will be big. I think you're right about that. But I do think that there are going to be um, multiple, multiple people who see this multiple times in the movie theater, because that's just how Star Wars works. Do we see... Oscars for this. Oh, boy. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, probably. You think I so? Would, I, I think so. It'll at least be nominated. Um, maybe it'll win for, like, sound mixing or makeup or something like that. No, I'm, I'm talking about, like, the big prize. Oh. I you would got... be incredibly <laughs> surprised if it won. You but got the, the guy might. from Green Book singing to a bunch of dwarves. And best picture. I mean, like that. I that, know. that and Green Book. <laughs> uh, or La La Land. No, La La Land lost. That's right. That was the big thing that it lost on Moonlight. Yeah. Uh, Green Book. All bets are off. They'll give this thing to anything. So won't they give it to the movie that you have artificially manufactured to be one of the most the important? Best. Even though it is really the least important film, it's even yeah. less important than Last Jedi. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I think Best Picture nom. I'm I'm sure it'll be nominated. I guess I would be, and you can you can write this down. I'd be really surprised if it won. But um, okay, I'll make sure I'll write that down. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'd be uh, not that surprised if they went up to accept the award and then didn't accept it. Expectation subverted. Oh my gosh. I'm going to talk about The Outer Worlds real fast here. It's a video game by Obsidian. Obsidian is a fine studio with Mm -hmm. fine video game products focused mainly on role-playing games. I'm going to mess this up. I I am absolutely a fan of their games, but I can't Mm -hmm. remember what they've done and what they haven't. But I know specifically that they did um, Fallout New Vegas, I believe. They're They're a video game company that kind of comes in and does sequels. <laughs> so sure. they did like a Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think KOTOR 2. Okay. This is a, I really am a video game. I fan. know you are. I just, there's just so many other things I need to know. But the point is, is that they are often not the uh, people who um, originate these okay. video games, but they come sure. in and try to deliver a, a good an, an experience. Yeah. That is like the first, but sort of improves upon it. Sure. And so um, that is not what they're doing this time around. Uh, they are 
This is an entirely new IP, but Mm -hmm. it has many, many similarities to previous IPs that they've worked on. Mm -hmm. So it is set in... um, Take my love, take my land. Mm. Right? Uh, sure. <laughs> it's basically like, it's Firefly the game. Yeah. It's set yeah. in a vaguely steampunk future universe mm-hmm. in a solar system that is not our own, but humanity reached through uh, long cryogenic journeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is set all within one solar system. Yeah. And it is focused on the lives of... Uh, humans who are uh, trying to cut a, a path and a homestead out of the wilderness of space. Sure. Um, there is a heavy emphasis on a um, an overreaching company mm. uh, called Spacer's Choice, uh, right. which is like it's sort of like uh, sold my soul to the company store type thing. You know, this this is a this solar system is a company town. Mm-hmm. So if you don't work for the company, um, you're in trouble. And many of the uh, workers of the company are like literally owned by the company there's one character in the game who's um taken away from her father at birth because part of his contract with the company is is anything that he produces you know while he is under their employ belongs to them and so she is essentially a ward of the company sure you talk to people on the street and they're just like fanatically uh loyal to this company and everybody is doing things you know for their promotion or whatever Mm. so that's kind of the world that you find yourself in you play a character who is from the hope which is a legendary lost ship. There were like two ships that were sent to this um, uh, solar system full of hundreds of thousands of frozen people who are all colonists who are going to start this thing. And this ship went off course and was lost for 60 years. Okay. And so you are thought out by this scientist that finds the hope and immediately set off on a path to help him and also sort of find your destiny as you go to this system, which has already been established mm. um, as colonies and has a society. Sure. And so it features many things that you would find in, um, I would say it's probably most like a Fallout game. Okay. Although I find uh, myself seeing DNA of, of uh, KOTOR in there too, Knights of the Republic. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's a first person shooter. Uh, it is not fully open world like a Fallout. It is more... Um, sort of location-based, which is where the comparison to Knights of the Old Republic comes from. Mm. Um, There are, like, locations you can go to, but there's no illusion that it's a big open world. Sure. Uh, So it's somewhat disappointing that it's not an open world because we've gotten used to that in the last couple Fallout games, but there is precedent for this uh, in previous role-playing games that are 90 and above on Metacritic, Mm -hmm. um, like the KOTOR games. Uh, Other than that, uh, yeah, you get companions. Um, The companions have... Storylines you can get involved in. Um, a lot of it is about moral choice. Mm. Um, early in the game, there's a mission where uh, there's this horrible company town, um, and you need a, a like a battery to run your ship. And they have a battery. Uh, you talk to the guy that owns the thing, and he says, you can't have our battery, but a bunch of people ran away from the town, and they live out in the woods now. You can go take their battery. Mm-hmm. Okay, you go to them. Turns out that they have sort of broken the hold of the company, and they're living like this idyllic life where they're growing their own vegetables and they're sort of free of the influence that you as a player and an American, or I guess just a citizen of the world of the 21st century, um, finds onerous. But it turns out that maybe life there isn't as great as they say. And so it comes down to, do you support them or do you support the company? Whose battery do you take? How will that affect the story? And whatever you decide will go forward in the game and influence things to come. 
Well, I mean, th- I think that's really cool, and that's definitely yeah. and that's pretty uh, bog standard to expect with a for role playing game. games these yeah. days. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so good things. Um, the, you know what? I'm going to start with a good and bad thing, and okay. then it's going to be chaos from here on out. All right. It has a very particular defined art style that I would say is like Borderlands meets No Man's Sky. Okay. Borderlands itself is a space game about people on the frontier who blah, 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 blah. So it's hard to not see them, and it's a first-person shooter, so it's hard to not see them taking uh, inspiration from Borderlands as well. Mm -hmm. Although I still think it cleaves more to a Fallout game. And then the flora and fauna is like very crazy and sort of day-glow colored, and it makes me think of No Man's Sky, which immediately makes me angry. Well, because No Man's Sky was yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of a failure of a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, we'll just cut to my rating. I don't know if I like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want to like it really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not... I wouldn't say that it's... You know, it's Obsidian. It's not... Um, boy, I don't know who the parent company is. I'm going to say that it's not an EA game or like a Ubisoft game, mm-hmm. which you would be... You would already know about because they would have pushed it with millions of dollars of commercials. I feel like sure. this is sort of slipping out, but it is also a AAA title. So maybe I should temper my expectations, but I am not blown away by it. Mm. I think that the combat is fine. People give Fallout a pass. They forget that Fallout was a text isolinear game that became a first-person shooter game that had horrible first-person shooter mechanics, mm. which were glossed over by the fact that you could stop time to shoot stuff. Because if you didn't stop time, you would be unable to shoot things because the <laughs> mechanics and the physics are horrible. Okay. The mechanics and physics are a lot better in this. They cleave to something more like a Borderlands, I think. Mm-hmm. So it is possible to have fun shooting people. You get some interesting abilities. Um, but it's very plain and repetitive like there are a couple kinds of guns now i'm only in maybe 15 hours into the game but yeah i haven't found any like epic loot quote unquote any you can modify your weapons but it just adds stats basically Mm. there isn't any like um cool extra versions of stuff it's like a sword a spear a club for your melee then like a gun a shotgun a machine gun a heavy machine gun and every store i go to same stuff yeah. So variety, not great there. Okay. Um, like I said, the art style is a push for me because it's I think it's well done, but I just personally gives me hives. Oh, okay. There are a few things where your companions will be talking or you'll go to an area and then you get drawing where the textures aren't resolved. And then mm-hmm. as somebody's talking, they sort of resolve. And I don't feel like that should be happening. No. Um, the, not with like a triple A game. Yeah. The scale of it feels very small. Mm. Um, I know that I talked before about how some games that I like, like Knights of the Old Republic, don't take place in an open world. It's all right. walled gardens. But you, they tell you to leave the town and go somewhere else, and it's a very short walk, and there are a million vicious beasties in between you and there. And it just mm-hmm. feels like shrunk. Everything feels – I feel like I should be walking and wandering Way more. That's the fun of something like Fallout. Yeah. And you don't get that in this, which is disappointing. Also, like a lot of games like a Deus Ex or a Fallout, they give you multiple ways to solve an objective, but the solutions are easy. I blunder into them before I've even... I answer the question before it's asked. Mm. So I'm just walking around and I see under a a crate, oh, it's the Medbay key card. Mm -hmm. Do I need this for something? 
then later on, somebody's like, I don't know how you're going to get this key card. You know, you can give me a thousand bucks, I guess, if you want it. And I'm like, mm, I don't think so. And then just, oh, this thing I found on the ground. Right. I get into the med bay, get the thing. Yeah. Were you worried that people would get too frustrated or the flow of the game was too slow? Maybe. Because it just like, feels... Like maybe you're not going to look in every crate or something like yeah, that? Yeah, but everybody does. I know. I know I do it probably more than most, but everybody always does. Right. Because they so want to get all the best secrets. stuff. Yeah. There aren't a lot of... Yeah. And as far as like items go, there are items literally everywhere, mm-hmm. which kind of makes me feel like items are nowhere. Like, I pick up everything because yeah. I'm obsessive, but if I stop picking stuff up, I got in a gunfight, I ran out of bullets, and I had to run away and hide in a corner, there would absolutely be a chest in that corner that had a million bullets in it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's frustrating. I don't know. I picked this thing up thinking, ooh, I'm going to have fun. And I put it down about 10 hours in and went, well, there's got to be something else I can do with my time. <laughs> you shouldn't feel that it's, way no. the first day you get a game. No, absolutely not. It's also not very funny. It thinks it's funny. Okay. And I know it's not trying to be as... Something that really bothers me about Fallout is that it thinks it's hilarious. Oh, sure. And it's only occasionally funny. Mm-hmm. It's more ironic than anything. This doesn't have that satirical biting edge of... It actually presents a lot of the sort of horrible situations that you might find in a Fallout in this game straight. It plays them straight. These mm. people know that they work for a company. Yeah. They hate it. They're, there's a guy who asks you to basically like help him die. Because oh, my just, gosh. Or there's another subplot where somebody has killed themselves, and it might be because they just hate working for the company. And so maybe like it should – I don't know. I don't feel like it strikes a tone between sort of bitter humor mm. and – the bitter circumstances that people find themselves in. Because sure. then suddenly it's like, it'll tell a joke and you're like, it's not funny. No. Don't, don't tell a joke. Right. Okay. What's the, what's the rating? Uh, what's the rating? I don't know. How, what do, we... I, how do I rate it? Uh, one out of five stars. What do you think? Oh. Or 2. You... 2.5. 2.5? 2.5 is okay. Smack five down divided by two. Yeah. Remains to be seen. Okay. Yeah. All right. Come Maybe... back expansions could add something to it. Maybe I haven't hit the fun part of the game yet, but I've got like three companions already and they've really? all got shotguns because that's all there is in the game. Oh. Well, maybe we should check back in with you later and see how you feel. Maybe if somebody else had made Outer Worlds and they made Outer Worlds too, Obsidian, it would be great. <laughs> but yeah, it's available on all the major platforms now. And like I said, coming to Switch soon. Maybe they'll add some fun multiplayer or something like that. Maybe. That's it for now. The Outer Worlds. Check it out. Let's talk about the film that Mm -hmm. everybody's talking about. Oh, yeah. And I'm not kidding. Okay. They really are. All right. The film is called The Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. It is by Robert Eggers, directed. Yes. It is written by Robert Eggers and his brother, I'm assuming, Max. Okay, because it's another Eggers, I'm assuming. Yes. He was thanked uh, in the credits for The Witch, uh, Eggers' first feature, yep. but has no other credits. So I'm just assuming it's his brother. Okay. That would make sense. Eggers' first feature, like I mentioned, was in 2015, The Vivich. Yes. Uh, his breakout film, which, which was great. A sleeper hit of yeah. sorts. I think it was reviewed well, but nobody saw it. It's fantastic. If if you haven't seen it, listeners, I would highly recommend They're gonna it. They're going to go back and see it now. Yeah. Because I feel like people who I don't know at all 
And I would not expect to get excited about a weird indie in a 4-3 ratio mm. that was shot on Super 8 or whatever. Right. Uh, would be excited about The Lighthouse. And they are. Twitter is lit up about The Lighthouse. All right. A lot of people spilling beans about spilling beans. <laughs> what happens in The Lighthouse? The Lighthouse follows Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Uh, they are going to be taking care of a lighthouse for a month. Uh, they're leaving some some guys uh, at the beginning of the film, and um, it follows them doing kind of like everyday tasks and uh, you know repairs, things that need to happen to keep a lighthouse going um, and make sure that the light keeps shining for everybody who is out at sea or the ocean. Um, I'm not sure if they ever say exactly where the lighthouse is. Do you remember if they say anything about New that? New England, I'm just Somewhere, guessing. yeah. They're worried about nor'easters and stuff like that. Right. So. Um, and um, Robert Pattinson's character is very new to this. I think this might be his first time taking care of a lighthouse. So he's he's got a he's got a lot to learn, um, and it's, are you pitching the movie or are you recapping? I'm it? recapping, um, and it so it's it it follows the struggle of them um, being in this very uh, small space and doing all these tasks and living with another person and the the drama that ensues and old timey sea salt. Talking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> here's the, you, you thought that Quentin Jaws had it had it going on. Yeah, uh, I know. Right? Just swimming with bow-legged women. No, it's like forget that. This is uh, to to the nines. Yes, exactly. Thousands. Uh, yeah. Um, something that you might <laughs> something that you might immediately notice if you saw this film uh, is that it is in black and white. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. In addition to being in black and white, it is in. Uh, a different aspect ratio than you would be used to. Yes. It is in uh, 1.19 to 1 aspect ratio. So that is close to, but even thinner than a 4.3 uh, standard television. Yeah. Or a NTSC television. I wonder why they did, did it say why Eggers decided to shoot it like that? Well, uh, it is basically the aspect ratio of the silent era of films. So, oh, okay. like if you watch M, for instance, sure. uh, it's going to be. Oh, M's not silent though, but uh, it's that. Yeah, that, that's that's what that is. Okay, all right. So, so they you, wanted to evoke the idea kind of, like a of classic film, an old timey film. Yeah, like okay. a Weimar cinema type film. Sure. And uh, they succeeded. And going to what I said before. About people are seeing this that you wouldn't. This isn't the normal dick in hand, uh, you know, uh, art house crowd. Right. W it, was it the favorite? Uh, Who opened the floodgates? On I, this? I don't. I don't know. Because, or is it just the fact that Robert Pattinson's in it? But I feel like I've been seeing Maybe. fart smelling movies my whole life. In fact, I saw one called The Witch, yeah. and nobody else saw it. Yeah. And. Now I think everybody is seeing this. Yeah. And you're looking at some of the tweets on Twitter. Uh, and I'm just thinking, like, what do these people think when they come in and watch a movie and it looks like this? Yeah. Right. And one one user on Twitter says, just confirm that The Lighthouse does indeed have a full screen square aspect radio, uh, ratio to go along with being shit in black and white. Everyone prepare your mouths for this director's dick. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
Wow. Thank you, Timmy Farts on oh, Twitter. Oh my gosh. You nailed that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't, it, this is good, right? Yeah. Dumb people should see uh, challenging films. Sure. Absolutely. Right, everybody, everybody sit down. Sit down. We're going to watch Stalker. Let's do this. Right. Let's go. Right. Right or not? No, I think you're right. <laughs> should you're the multiplex right. be an art house? A review of The Lighthouse from Caliban and Mikan Hanna. Um, wow. Um, because two guys came. We sat by two guys. Mm-hmm. The entire time. Oh, they sat still. They were good boys the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And then we were we, we came out. You went to the bathroom. And I was yeah. standing near them in the lobby. And they're like, yeah, I'm glad I saw that on a, on a big screen rather than a small screen. I don't think I really would have uh, enjoyed it. Uh, it would have been not as good, I don't think. Uh, right. Just just the whole view of it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's smaller than the little screen that you would have watched it on. I know. <laughs> the visuals, I'm not talking about like the, the cinematography or, or the photography, but I'm just talking about like the cinematic experience has nothing to do. They didn't even bother to pull the the, 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 the legs in, in because they, they, yeah. <laughs> they didn't go that far in. No, you're right. I know. and, and You I, could watch this on a phone. You totally could. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I wasn't really, I guess... Uh, fully aware of the aspect ratio going into it, but I definitely noticed it while I was watching it. And yeah. I think, I think there was one moment um, where w- Willem Dafoe was talking and he was gesturing with his hand, and his hand was getting cut off right. on the screen. Yeah. And I think that's what really like. I know they used particular lenses. Mm-hmm. I know they probably used um, a box or a mat or whatever you call it. Uh, to mat out the that that ratio of frame, I don't think that they used. I don't think this was shot on like an old timey camera. Camera, sure, a thirty five millimeter or whatever. I don't. I don't know. I didn't read the technical information because I want to talk about the artistry of this uh, right. film or the story. Um, but I did notice that there were some times that they didn't care about focus. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Willem Dafoe, who, and you can tell because he isn't just, you know, this smooth-faced Robert Pattinson. He's got crags, he's got beard hairs, he's got yes. his hat, he's got his eyes and nose hairs. And sometimes he'd be yelling at somebody and he'd lean forward a little bit. And usually the focus puller is like on that, like is keeping everything together. And I think right. they just like set it up and were like, don't worry about it. If you were watching Nosferatu, somebody goes out of focus, yes. this is fine. Yeah. So I think that they were trying to keep that aesthetic in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe this is part of the reason why they decided to do it in this way, but I think that the aspect ratio just lended to that feeling of being, uh, cramped and in, in like a small space with another person and just kind of being on top of each other. Yeah. Look for Wes Anderson to be doing this for the rest of his career. (laughs) That's what I think is going to happen here. Uh, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it too. Did you really like it? Um, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> Can you find another way to lie? Um, I'm not lying. <laughs> Can you find another tone to deliver that falsehood in? No, it's not. A falsehood. I liked it. I liked it. Um. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, I liked it. Mm, yeah. Oh. Oh, I liked it. Isn't um, it? That's talent. Those all sounded disingenuous. And yet all you're doing is just hearing me. All right. I got family. Um, I liked it too. 
Yeah. <laughs> you are way better than ever I could ever hope to be. Oh, come wow, on. that is a natural talent. I liked it. Now here is everything that's wrong with it. Okay. No, uh, I I did like it. I don't think it's going to change anybody's life. Do you know what I mean? I don't think mm. it's like we live in a new world now. Except we do live in a world where Wes Anderson will be doing this for the rest of his career. <laughs> uh, but I kind of think, what's the point? Um, he, Hansel and Gretel, I think, was the first thing that Eggers worked on as a short. I don't know if it was like oh. his own thing or somebody else's, but he loves these, the structure of these fairy tales. Sure. And so I felt like there was a lot of similarities to the witch in this. Mm. There's a character who wants to do something yes. or feels a certain way. Society yes. is telling them something else. They find themselves in a time of t- turmoil, be it natural, mm-hmm. uh, supernatural, uh, physical or otherwise. And then there is a transformation that happens as they choose a certain path, um, a path of which there is no return from. Yes. And then we get something. Don't want to spoil the, the film. Yeah, we, we don't have to spoil the film to talk about this. That's how weird it is. Um, and I think the witch satisfies me more. I <laughs> Slate Magazine, yes. who... I wouldn't trust Slate Magazine to review a Klondike bar, but <laughs> Slate Magazine, I, I would take their uh, article title. Mm-hmm. It wasn't um, S Show at the F Factory. <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, but it was uh, the, the Lighthouse, both artsy and fartsy. I know. And I was like, uh, first of all, uh, get off of wet, hot American summer's turf. <laughs> yeah. Really. It wasn't uh, arts and farts and crafts. Yeah. But I agree totally. I yeah. think it was. There's a lot of artistry there, and there was a lot of oh boy, the aroma of oh the my farts. God. You yeah, know? I know. Whereas I didn't feel like the witch ever really did that. The witch was like um, horrifying. It was very honestly done. A lot mm-hmm. of that is like these simple Puritan dickheads, you know, in the forest are just being punished for their own uh, self-assuredness, perhaps, or uh, their own like uh, overpiousness. Yes. And this is just like, you know, two dudes and things go sideways and you can't the the characters in this film are as slippery as the scales of a mermaid that appears, which isn't really a spoiler. Right. Uh, you, there's nothing to hang anything on. You don't ever really know them. You actually True. learn over the course of the film that you're pretty sure you don't know who they are because they're not yes. being honest about it. And so right. it's. I didn't feel the connection to them that I felt to Thomason, like in The Witch, or even her entire family. Yeah. But not the kids. Those kids are shits. Oh, yeah. They were horrible. Um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. Um, I don't think you get <clears throat> the character connection that you do with the Vivich. Um, and, uh, Can I give, give your, uh, your pull quote? Sure. There was way more jerking off than I was expecting. <laughs> yes. Hana. <Mikan> <laughs> Not that I was like going into it expecting there to be any, but wow. Your slate title would be both kinds of jerking off meet the lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there is a lot of if that in this. Eggers had hands big enough. He'd be stroking this lighthouse. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but I do think I, I see what you're, you're saying about Eggers kind of like, telling this story kind of like a fairy tale yes um like there there are certain things that the the characters say or they they set up like 
don't do X because X is is bad luck sure. or what have sure. you. Um, Did you believe the reality of the film? Did you feel like the ver- verisimilitude was important to it? Because there, it has a very showy um, fakeness. There's a more technical word that I can't think of right now. To it, like the movie begins with them staring into the camera. Yeah. At the audience. Right. As if to say, we are the humble players in this scene of which you will now partake. Right. And then we get into it and there's a lot of um, urination and, you know, yeah. and uh, food falling out of your mouth while you chew. And the whole thing is has a, is very um, verite. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you feel like we needed to feel like this was real? Because it also then begins to go off the rails. Yes. I, I, I think we did need to feel like it was grounded, like it was real, so that, that some of these things that they, these characters then experience, we're, we're not really sure. Like, are they really experiencing them or are they going nuts? You know? I think it becomes clear at, at some point that that is not important. <laughs> that it's not important whether they're actually experiencing it's not important. it or not. Yeah, it's not important if this, if this narrative reaches completion. You might still be scared. You might still be horrified at the things that they're doing or want them to succeed or to not. But mm-hmm. I just, for me, I just sort of let go at, at some point and stop trying to track who was saying what right. and who seemed like they were telling the truth. And it just became like, all right, movie, just give it to me. Right. Um, and I think that's probably the best way to digest Thank it, you. honestly. Um, what, I, I will say one thing. When we were in the theater, um, we kept seeing horror films for oh, the Oh, you want to talk about the horror trailers? I do just a little bit because I feel like they were trying to say like this was a horror film and I don't think it was a horror film. I think it was like a psychological thriller. Yeah, it was for all sure. there's like four horror trailers. I yes. can't even tell you what they were because they were completely interchangeable, except one of them had Danny from The Shining in it, so that's the Shining sequel. And thank yes. God thank God they're making a Shining sequel. I know. Right? About time. Yeah. But they're all interchangeable. They're all reminded me of the little girls getting her hair washed or yeah, um, I know. or the clapping ghost from the conjuring or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they're all just a bunch of people in windbreakers. Uh, one of them had a, or, or like Mackenzie Davis, you know, was in one of them. It's like some dour faced woman is going to be scared by each one of them. Each one of these separate ones had one of the kids from it or stranger things in it. Right. And it's like, I'd be telling my agent, can I get like a, comedy or something can you give me like a right. disney network show or something yeah, like i don't want to be the kid who just does horror Finn movies Wolfhard, until yeah. he's 11 feet tall i know and can't do anything anymore i know but yeah it's just gonna be some sour-faced c-level <laughs> actress being mm-hmm. scared by a kid from a cable show every single one of them was that i know until we reached the shining one which remember the shining yeah remember how it was like sort of a by the numbers uh action horror mm-hmm. thing well, no, no, it was yeah. not. Do you think that the they show the elevator blood explosion from a different angle? Yeah. Do you think that? And I don't know who's making this movie. I assume it's uh, somebody Universal, who has, right? Uh, who, yeah. Who's got The Shining? Because they I did that for Ready Player One. Remember, they recreated The Shining totally. You think they shot Doctor Sleep at the same time? They're like, you guys oh. done? Oh, no, no, no. Don't break the sets down. Maybe. Load the blood up again. We got to shoot uh, this Dr. Sleep Yeah, now. I, I don't know. I didn't and they got that, that one actor who I can't remember his name, but he's around now who like, it's like the spitting image of Scatman Crothers. Yeah. I don't know if he's playing Scatman Crothers' character, Dick Halloran. Right. I don't know. Um, yeah. But 
You Thank and, God they're making this. Yeah, Ewan McGregor is playing Danny all grown oh, up. Oh, he'll or do anything. Yeah, I know. Um, one of the other films that we saw preview for was like Hansel and Gretel, and it was like a true telling of the I totally tale. blocked that out. Yeah. Do you think Robert Eggers is like, are you, are you coming for me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the performances in the film? Um, I thought they were great. Who had um, the best stroke? The best stroke? Whoa. Um, kidding. What? No, um, don't answer. Come on. Keep uh, moving. Robert Pattinson has this, he has this monologue where he just goes off on Willem Dafoe. And I think it's like really, like even though he gets really worked up about it, like I think it's pretty realistic. And like all the things he's like calling him on are things that like the audience was like. That was a break attention. Yeah. It, but it was like, it was. there's a couple of moments in this film that are, We've talked about this on the show before and in our English classes in college, but are like pathetic instead of pathetic. Yes. And yeah, I mean, like he didn't have to mention farts at that point. No, but, but he, he did, did that to sort of like pop the bubble. And th- an audience who for a hundred and this movie is way too long. This movie should be 90 yeah. minutes, not 150, uh, I think it was. An hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a bunch of people who just sat like mummies for the whole movie suddenly laughed because he said the word fart. Well, it was it was a moment of release, you know. Um, so you don't think so? Um, I think that, and I think that this actually works for the film and the setup. The way they've got these characters: one is this old salt, yes. Uh, the other is this sort of young man. Which I know that the, look, we track. This is part of our series on Robert Pattinson, leading mm-hmm. up to and ending with the Batman sure. as we watch it, review it, and then we jump off a building. Right. But uh, I know that this kid can act. Oh, yeah. But every single role he gets, he's some kid who has a lot of resentment, but he's trying to be nice about it and polite. And so he'll... You can't see it. You can't see it on mic, but mm. I'm looking sort of down yes. in, in, in a way, and I'm not meeting somebody's eyes. Right, right, right. And I'm kind of shrinking. And, like a shrinking violet And I was something. like, is he going to do that in this film? Yes, he is. Yeah. Up until the point that he gets uh, hopped up on uh, goof juice, mm. and now he's like really mad and screaming. And when he's doing that, he's like, ah, 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 yeah. ah, ah, ah. like and, devil. yeah, and yeah. that's you know, and that's what a young actor would do. That's maybe what this young character would do. But at the same time, you've got Willem Dafoe, <laughs> one of our greatest, sure. if not our greatest, living actor who's still working. Yeah. Connery. I'm trying to insert somebody who's retired, but right, right, right. Anthony Hopkins was supposed to retire, but he came back and he's doing Transformers movies now. Yeah. Anyway, and he's just like, "Is that what you're doing?" Then? You know, he's just like, <laughs> "You just, every, you believe That's it true. immediately." That's true. And when he yells, it's different because when he give does that curse, you know, on him because he didn't like his cooking or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's like. You're gonna do this, and Poseidon's gonna screw your face. Right. And we're gonna do it. And even while he's doing it, he's like unstable. And you, I felt like I saw him losing his train of thought, like while during his thing, because he's still supposed to be drunk. Yeah. This isn't a magic moment necessarily. No. We know that this kid's already cursed. It doesn't matter what Willem Dafoe says. Right. Uh, and then they wait a little bit, and he goes, "Okay, your lapse is fine." It's like, okay, well, that's another one of those like tension breaking moments yes. but don't you want the tension <laughs> yeah Isn't that the point yeah why did they keep doing that why this, did they break the tension yeah this is clearly influenced by 
Waiting for Godot. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yes. And Waiting for Godot does that because ultimately it's not trying to say anything. I did Waiting for Godot at a a Christian university. So guess Mm -hmm. what we tried to, guess what we stepped on the gas with? Yeah, God. OT. Yeah, God, <laughs> yeah. Godot being God or what right, have you. Yeah. Right, That's not what it's about. No. Beckett said that. And so it's okay for it to be ridiculous because none of it means anything and we can do whatever we want to the audience. But right. what what's the point? And let's not, I don't think we need a spoiler section. No. Except for I want to show how smart I am. Are we going to have a smart, it will be smart. We're going to have a short, Spoiler section. Okay. As soon as you say the last non-spoiler thing you can think of, go. Uh, the last non-spoiler thing I can think of. Um, oh, boy. I Wow. I don't really know that there 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 is a non-spoiler thing. Um, uh, Robert Pattinson finds a statue of a mermaid. A scrimshaw. Yeah. I, I, and it was stuffed in the mattress. So it was almost as if somebody put a dick it there. went in that hole. You think so? For sure. Okay. So spoilers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So it's the entire thing is the story of Prometheus. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Really? Yeah. You got a character who doesn't like the established order. Yeah. He's fighting against the entire time. Yeah. Trying to reach a light. A fire, if you will. And the movie ends mm, yeah. because Robert Eggers was afraid that you wouldn't get it. With him having his guts torn out by birds. Well, okay. On a that's rock. That's true. Yeah. That's what threw me. Okay. This entire time, I didn't think that the light had to mean anything specific. I got it. Like, this is a brutal world. We talked about in the Outer Worlds review about mm-hmm. how these people are indebted to these forces yeah. of economic and political power that are bigger than they are mm-hmm. and so they are committing themselves to them later on we're going to talk about people doing that with religion yeah and that's where we are in this world and i was ready to accept that and robert pattinson is also he's a young man who might not be entirely right in the head mm-hmm. he's got weird mm-hmm. impulses yeah and he jerks off a whole ton yeah and so him just not wanting to be told what to do thinking of himself as an upright person but being kind of a lazy bum uh, and also I thought that maybe like before they brought in that I almost killed somebody thing and maybe I did actually kill somebody thing. Yeah. I thought he was an alcoholic. That's why I thought he refused oh, the, the alcohol. Yeah. Like he was trying to go straight. I see. You know, for the last time. Yeah. And when he finally gets to just go nuts, that's what we got. And so not wanting to be told what to do. And also Willem Dafoe is nuts himself. Finally gets access to this thing that he couldn't have. And it's just, it could just end with him going, Looking at something's happening, he's looking at the light. Yeah. Done. Yeah. And Robert Eggers is like, no, he's getting his guts pecked out. Yeah, I'm like, I know. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Did you not like that part? Was that too on the nose for you? Or? That's, I'm saying it's too on the nose, oh, okay. but my comment wasn't enough on the nose for I, you to understand well, that I, I was saying it was on the nose? I was just clarifying. That's all I was doing. Um, What'd you think? What'd you think was going on? I didn't. Um, We're going to get, we gotcha. And we said that we were gonna get you. You killed our friend, buddy. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't. I don't know that I under, totally understood what was going on. Well, I to just be perfectly you. honest. Now you know. What now do you think about it? Now that you know. Um. Well, I guess it kind of plays like a, like a myth. So, and like we mentioned fairy tales before. So, um, he comes to like a horrible end. So. 
Um, I want to talk about... Okay, so you got nothing? It's okay to say I got nothing. I, I don't know if I have anything. <laughs> That's fine. I want to talk about The Devil because his oh, first okay. film is about the devil. Yeah, that's right? true. Yes. And it's about the devil. It's about... So <laughs> his films are about fairy tales, but I also think they're about the futility, mm. possibly, of piousness Okay. and order. Mm-hmm. Because you've got a char- characters who are thrown out of a colony that right you know, they're the puritans so right. you guys were too puritan for the puritans yeah uh and they all they need to do is just go holy shit there's a monster out here yeah let's just go back and pound on the doors and say look we'll do whatever just we let, just us, back let in. us back in yeah um they're being punished for pride yes so was satan that's literally what satan was punished for that's true punished for pride yeah satan is often compared in a humanist way to to Prometheus, mm. you know, a hero who went against the gods to bring fire or the fire of knowledge to man. Mm-hmm. That's the nice way to look at it. The bad way is Satan tempted man with knowledge and right. destroyed his relationship with God or at least um, right. cut, which, it, cut it off. Which is like the... the so it depends um, on what, what direction you're coming. Mm-hmm. Robin Pattinson wasn't bringing anything to anybody. He was just Satan in that he could not toil under a, a guy with a big bushy beard yeah. like you'd think of God having. Right. In this world of the lighthouse, God is insane <laughs> yes. and has a bum leg. And so he can't take that and he wants the light for himself and he is destroyed by it. But he's not bringing it to anybody. Maybe I'm not smart enough to know. Like I don't understand why he's Prometheus except... There's a, there's his, a fire or a light. He's getting his guts pecked out. Because there's the birds along the ocean. Yeah. I feel like they were just kind of riffing. Unless somebody... Mm-hmm. And I haven't read any... I'll go and read a Mary Sue article or something and they'll tell me about it. Actually, those complain there's no women in it. <laughs> I love the Mary Sue. I'm just kidding. Uh, there, There's a mermaid. There is a mermaid in it. <laughs> yep. There sure is. <laughs> yeah, I know. Weird. Um, Very strange. Um, recommend? Are we supposed to do that before? Um, I honestly, I would recommend it. Um, I would too. Apparently, you've already seen it because people on Twitter who have like twelve tweets are like, "Oh man, that lighthouse!" I don't know. <laughs> Glad I saw it in the theater. Do you do you think it's a conversation starter film? Oh sure. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's that deep. But no. But uh, you know, every film has the potential to start a conversation and. I think this one can, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, for and, sure. And, you know, we think about, I'm trying to think about great or horrible second films. Well, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, you know, you take a movie I like know. Brick, which is like, oh, neat. Okay, I see what you're doing there. And then you Some do interesting ideas. No, you do The Brothers Bloom. And it's like, oh, I don't okay, think I actually take saw that, that guy's one. clapboard away. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is not a, it's not a whiff. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as strong as his first film. But it's hard to do that. Willem Dafoe will be nominated. Yeah. Uh, I don't see any way that that's not going to happen. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Spill um, the beans. Tell yeah. people to watch this movie. Right. <laughs> well, I thought about the army. Dad said, son, you must be high. And I thought, yeah, there's a first for You were introduced to the idea of a fail son recently. Yes. 
I don't think I was familiar with that term until you uh, brought it to my attention. I was looking up, and this is nothing new, like on TV. Sure. Look at Shakespeare. Well, yeah. Full of fail sons. Absolutely. <laughs> Henry the Fifth. No, wait a minute. Um, uh, I was looking up on TV, like what the most famous or like most popular uh, shows have been in the last 20 years or so. And it's almost impossible. I just want raw numbers. I want to know what people are watching. Yeah. But instead, I just get critics, right? Oh, so they put. Sure. Um, Instead of what people are actually watching. They put Freaks and Geeks on there. Oh, okay. Like, sure. Oh, yeah. We all have Freaks and Geeks, but it was one season. Right. And I don't think all the episodes aired. So, um, yeah. So I was looking at, like, what the shows were. And it looks like here's you've got, um, I don't know, uh, Friday Night Lights. Okay. Uh, Weeds. Sure. Um, Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. for instance. Yeah. Um, and these are all f- shows that were sort of more in the 2000s than the... Teens, which wow, we're almost out of. I know. It's kind of crazy, isn't uh, it? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sure. All these shows from the aughts are kind of shows that have a range of characters lost. Mm-hmm. Characters who d- don't have, I don't think, advantage. Sure. Um, Buffy's a, a teenager or a high school student. Yes. And then later uh, just a resident of wherever, Sunnydale. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The Sopranos are a royal family of a type. Yeah. But they got regular problems. They do. So I don't. So I'm, I'm t- I kind of, do you see where I'm going with this? I think so. Remember, I that cracked article about how vampire movies are popular when yes. Democrats are in power, yes. and zombie movies are popular when Republicans are in power. Yes. As a reaction to the ruling regime, liberals view conservatives as zombies, mm-hmm. a mindless horde that loves consumption, and are always in the South for some reason. <laughs> Nobody ever fights like zombies on Montana. They're always in yeah. Like, I don't Tennessee know why that is. Anyway, yeah. and then uh, uh, the converse: conservatives view liberals as bloodsuckers, draining yeah. society through programs and resources, right? Uh, appreciating uh, effete, apparently uh, <laughs> satin caped uh, interests, right? Uh, often European, yeah, uh, right. or liking uh, European stuff. And I was trying to think like if there is. A similar pattern based on economic futures. Now, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough to rate that in the last 20 years because we've been on a roller coaster the last 20 years. Yeah. And it doesn't map to decades or presidents necessarily. But it seems like these were more working class people. I mean, Friday Night Lights mm-hmm. in the aughts, then coming out of the aughts and going into the, t- the uh, teens, um, now we're seeing, maybe because of prosperity is going up, we're seeing Mad Men. Like, yeah. oh, did Don get another promotion? Uh, right. Did Don buy another wife <laughs> yeah. or whatever? And something that we're seeing, I think, a lot now is stories about rich families who are screw ups, but it's a lot, a lot of heart. Ultimately, yeah. they find each other. Uh-huh. Normally, we'd want to see those rich characters destroyed and punished. Right. But instead, we see them not be perfect people, but ultimately find a way through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I... Arrested Development kick this off? I, I want to say Did yes. Did Game of Thrones? Um, contribute to this? Uh, well, I mean, I think Game of Thrones did it in some ways. Literally but... in the last episode, they go, why don't we let all the people vote? And everybody, every hero that we have followed throughout this entire show that's still mm-hmm. alive yeah. laughs their ass off at the idea of democracy. Right. I know. What am I supposed to take from that? I, I It's it's depressing. Uh, I'm not really sure what you're supposed to take away from that. Um, have a good story. Yeah. 
And I don't even think that Bran has the best story, but they, they <laughs> say he does. Um, does anybody know his story? Yeah, I got no. this. Uh, skeletons uh, killed the kid from Love Actually, and then uh, right. a bunch of elves uh, helped me find Max von Sydow. And did he tell anybody that? I doubt it. Anyway, I highly doubt it. I'm a tree now. So uh, we want to talk about two shows that fit into this rich people, uh, yes. a rich patriarch with uh, failure children. Yes. Um, and the um, goofy things that happen uh, because of that. Yeah. Um, and the first one we talk about is uh, Succession, which is in its second season. Yeah, it just finished its second season, yes. I heard, and it got renewed for a third. Surprise, yeah, oh yeah, surprise. it's going to be around for a while. It's yes. going to be nominated. Uh, everyone loves Succession. Don't do your usual thing. Real quick, try to explain what Succession is about. Um, Succession is about a family who the, the patriarch is the head of um, it, this entertainment uh, company that is huge. They're a media company. Yeah, they're it's a like media the company. Redstones or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it's I guess it's kind of equivalent. If if I mean they mention like Apple a lot, so maybe it's somewhat sort of. Um, no, like, just think Gawker. Think Gawker media. Okay. Think Fox News. Think websites. That's you know, right. Gawker, they do have. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have, so you were going to tell us what happens in the story. Oh, okay. So. Um, Supposedly, he's thinking about stepping down soon. He is the main patriarch of the yes. family. Yeah. The Sumner Redstone figure played yes. by Brian Cox. Yeah. Um, Logan Roy, right? Um, yeah. Roy. Uh, I don't get it. Hmm. I guess I'll have to think more about it. I don't. I don't. Roy I don't. is French for king. Oh, okay. Wow. I didn't realize that. I mean, okay. that's kind of the level. That, I'm spoiling my review. That's okay. the level of. Yeah. Um, cleverness you'll get in so this. um he has four kids and one of them kendall or ken is has been working with the company for a really long time he's a ken doll he's well he's in line to take over since the title succession take over the company you want me to do it the main patriarch gets sick on the eve of giving the company to the ceo uh his son to be mm -hmm. the ceo uh, but he gets sick the other siblings don't like the idea, and the succession, the titular succession, yeah. is in dispute, and they all snipe at each other, kind of make jokes, and fight for who's going to be in charge of the family. Yeah. There you go. Done. Yeah. All right. Great, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like this show. No. no. Um, oh, you don't like it either? Well, why don't you talk about why you don't like Thank it you. first? Thank you. I will. I don't like it. It is produced by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Adam McKay thinks that he is some... Bob Dylan-like troubadour who's telling it like it is and yeah. really speaking to power now after he made The Big Short, which is a pretty good movie, I think. But Vice sucked. And I hate the tenor of his of his productions. Hmm. They are really bro-y to me. Mm, you know? Yeah. The guys are telling people to suck their dicks. The women are telling people to suck their dicks. Everybody is written the same. I know he didn't write it. It's actually um, written mostly and created by Jesse Armstrong, who um, wrote all, wrote on uh, in the loop Veep um, sure. Peep Show a lot of British shows um, which are really sort good of shows. shows yeah, yeah for the most part they are um, and I don't really care about any of these people um, I, I think I described it as like Arrested Development meets King Lear but with yes. none of the good parts mm -hmm. like I hate everybody they're all venal they all like I said talk the same way um, in a uh, at one point. Um, 
Kendall says, uh, those are just words. Words are complicated airflow. I never watched any Sorkin shows, but I imagine this is what it's like. Yeah. Where it's like, doesn't anybody you. just tell anybody else to screw off or something? Like, why is everybody... Why is everybody talking I think you feel flowery. like this is... Yeah, elevated dialogue. And like, yeah. people whose dad is on death's door don't talk like this. Right. No, I agree with you. And I don't know what the point they're trying to make is, because these are people who run a media company, who I have compared, I don't know if the show's really doing it, to something like Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they get what they want if our protagonists succeed that's bad because they've got yeah. this they're horrible people who control media which we know more than ever is a terrible thing so who am i rooting for here i honestly i don't really know because it's none of them are really likable characters and i mean like with arrested development they're all the stakes are really up. low they're all bad people yeah. But yet it's a comedy that we're not supposed to take seriously. And yeah. Succession, I think, is billed as a comedy, but I don't laugh much. No. And ultimately, if the Bluth family continues to build houses. Oh, God. They just completely great. fall apart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Great. Whatever. Right. It's not going to affect much. No. Um, I like the fourth season, but I think a lot of people complain that that's where the show starts to decline. And the fourth season is all about them trying to get involved in government and like Mm -hmm. trump's wall and stuff like that and now the stakes are getting higher yes put up this wall yeah i know and yeah then it's like okay well now i guess i want somebody to kill Lindsay because she's just a horrible person yeah i know right um i i just found succession to be boring personally we I, watched um the first, first two, two epi- yeah the first two hours yeah and so, then we watched the first two hours of righteous gemstones which yes. is four episodes technically because yeah, exactly. they're only about half an hour yeah um I I don't know maybe it gets better um I I know must. a lot of people are talking about it yeah a the lot of IMDb ratings like they go to like in the nines yeah as far as like nine out of ten yeah for how this episode is exactly um so I just. I don't know. Um, I I don't think that they're bad actors. I think you know they're they're no. There's a lot fine. of talented actors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just and Kieran Culkin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Botch shots fired. He does one thing. He plays a slime ball. Yeah. That's all he does. I know, but that's why they cast him. He's a slime ball. Yeah. He was a little slime ball in Home Alone. Wasn't he the younger brother was of he? Kevin? I thought he was in there somewhere. I I don't remember. Um, I know I've seen him before. Um, yeah, but I just, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know who you're supposed to root for. And, um, like, like a big part of the plot is like their dad wants them to sign this document that would give his current wife, like twice the voting power in the company. And they the kids are like, wait a minute. I don't know how I feel about this. And he like tricked Kendall into signing it. Like he didn't tell him exactly what it entailed and yeah kendall is so inconsistent because he's set up as he's almost crying in like the first scene when like his deal is going to go bad yeah and then by the end of the pilot he is like tote like a gordon gecko level closes this deal yeah and so is he smart or stupid i I think it remains to be seen i don't know it's like it's like i don't know if i'm supposed to root for this character trust this character or, or am I supposed to well, question I, I'm everything I'm comfortable with the says. ambiguity. I just don't, to me, there's an inconsistency in writing. It's like whoever is yeah. supposed to deliver the joke in this scene 
he gets the upper hand and it doesn't I, I it's I don't track I haven't tracked the machinations. Mm-hmm. And if you watch King Lear, you get it because maybe they spend a little more time on it, but you understand what Reagan and Goneril and even Cordelia are trying to accomplish. Does this right. make the dumb uh I bet the dumb nephew that works at the park is he the edgar then he might be because i think that he gets he rises in the family this is partially about his rise he's like this dummy who is failing upwards right to a higher position right the thing is is like we talked about this kind of relates to the lighthouse too you if you're going to be clever you have to actually be clever yes and if you do a thing everybody's like yeah i see what you're doing then that's not clever. And if all of your thing is leveraged on it being clever and it's not all that clever, then you don't have anything. That's true. Let's go to a show that doesn't want to be clever at all. (laughs) The Righteous Gemstones. Yes. What's The Righteous Gemstones about? Uh, The Righteous Gemstones is about a uh, religious family that they're, um, they're like their dad, the patriarch of the family is um, a... Would you is he a pastor or a minister? Um he he's Should I do a, this one too? Huh? Should I do this one too? No. Um <laughs> He's an evangelical minister. He's an evangelical minister. Of a mega church. And of, yeah, of a mega church. And him and his wife built this uh this following ministry. this ministry. And um now um years later he he's getting on in years, but he's still um preaching and his two sons are also um, ministers and work within the church. Uh, and his <laughs> wife has passed. And um, you forgot the daughter. The daughter, <laughs> but everybody does <laughs> doesn't preach, but she she helps out with the church, um, does a lot of administrative type things. Um, and they're all kind of screw ups. Um, and and I should all- say that this is show is created. Um, mostly written and sometimes directed by Danny McBride. Yes, which which I was not so expecting. So imagine if Vice Principals was Vice Pastors. And yes. It's kind of like that. It is kind of like that. Um, and it's uh, it's incredibly funny. Um, and um, uh, it basically there's an inciting incident that happens to Danny McBride's character. Um, somebody has captured this video of him and his friends partying and that includes uh having prostitutes and doing drugs and he understandably flips out about this and he's being blackmailed for a million dollars uh and that's kind of like where the first episode begins yeah yeah it's um i like this show a lot better yeah me too um i think even though they're Maybe the same show. <laughs> Maybe almost exactly the same show. Well, That's why we're doing this segment. Right. Uh, they both feature a patriarchal uh, figure in a world that has not a lot of room for women mm-hmm. and the children of a successful man who have no aptitude themselves um, lacking the adversity that shaped that person in the first place. Right. But... Neither of those patriarchs or their families are to be envied or emulated because right. they themselves are corrupt. Yes. Um, because uh, out of the pursuit of success. Mm-hmm. And what I like about Gemstones, I think Gemstones is the show that everybody says Succession is. Mm. Now again, 
<laughs> That's something else. Every episode of Succession is just so long. It's an hour long. And I all know. they do is just make bad jokes and make bicker fun of each, each other. other. Bicker, yeah. yeah. Whereas Gemstones is like 30 minutes, 35 minutes, just get in, get out, do it. But it is charming. And I put off watching this show because I didn't know how to uh, absorb it. Like, mm. I, in a lot of ways, come from the world that they're talking about. Right. And I'll just say right now, I think it's both a positive for the show and also a negative is that the show really doesn't, the show is more about skewering these people and not the establishment of religion yeah. or evangelicalism, mm-hmm. which you come at the, there's a reason people come at the king because he's on top of everybody. Right. If evangelicals are going to control the world and politics like they do right now, yeah. then I think we should. it's fair to take shots at them. Absolutely. But the show isn't really interested in that. Like, it presents this world, and I can say right now that there is a lot of verisimilitude in this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for the Danny McBride parts. Like, nobody would ever throw a potato through a church window over a dispute or whatever. <laughs> right. That's all exaggerated comedy. But yeah. this world is fine. But the show doesn't bother making fun of... I was going to say parishioners, but it's really like a con- congregation. Like, mm. It doesn't make fun of the people who are here to go to church. It no. makes fun of these weirdos and idiots that who are, are running it. In, yeah, in charge of the church. Yes. We do have that one scene where they count up all the money from the offering and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's, it's like this, they did this on purpose. It's like a Martin Scorsese, you know, I casino know. type mis- um, scene where we see where all the money goes. Yeah. But it doesn't, it asks you to consider the amount of money that flows through these churches, mm-hmm. but it doesn't c- try to criticize that. No. Necessarily. No. It's just it's You're supposed to you. think that Danny McBride is a piece of shit because he gets in trouble over this yes. tape and wants to withdraw a million bucks from the church. Yes. But it isn't like he's immediately able to do that because the church is corrupt. The money True. manager of the church is like, I can't give you a million bucks. What are you talking about? Especially not without your dad knowing. Yeah, right. Your dad has to yeah, sign I, off I, I answer to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I know, and I and I like how he just thinks it's gonna casually happen, you know. Like he's like, <laughs> well, I mean, that's he's a buffoon. He is. Yeah, that's true. And I like that the fact that he's got uh, his oldest kid has uh, has left the family yes. over a dispute, and so is like he's the prodigal son. Yeah, and so he's kind of dead to the family. Then the middle kid like hates him. Yes, because uh, he's going through a rebellious phase, but he, as a father, Jesse Gemstone, is not able he's not prepared to, to deal, deal with, with this that, no. no and so he like makes his kid do uh, extra bible study mm-hmm. and he's feeling kind of low at one point in the episode or the first couple episodes it goes into his kid's room and sees his kid sleeping all angelic and holding a bible and he's like he's doing that bible study right and then he looks at the bible and the kid's just outlining all the things that could be considered swear words you I know, know. <laughs> and, and, like horror and all this stuff in the bible and he's like he just throws the Bible down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's a great moment. Too. Yeah. Um, you still, I mean, because he's a Danny McBride character, you expect him to be the worst, to do the worst things, to mm-hmm. act act a fool. And yet you yeah. still kind of sympathize with him. Yeah. Um, out of this family, I, I don't know. Like, they're all terrible people, but you still kind of, you can see how they became like this. Yes. Like, Brian Cox is a distant father. He's working hard. Yeah. I get it. But why are his kids all just complete shit sippers? Yeah, I know. You kind of understand why the gemstones are the way they are. And it's 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 played to the level of caricature. Yeah. But you understand how much they want uh, 
the patriarch John Goodman's yes. uh, love. Yes. And I love how uh, Judy is is like just so sycophantic. Yes. Because much like the world of Succession, in which I don't think there's a lot of room for women. Uh, there is no room for women no. in this world. So the show starts with them going on this ministry uh, trip to China. Yes. And they don't even bring Judy because, well, it's not a woman's work. You should stay here. Right. And you'd think, how is that possible? And I'd tell you, it's possible. Well, and there, it happens. there are some great moments within the show, too. Um, I forget which episode it was. But uh, his, having Sunday dinner, yes, yeah. and his two sons are just being the absolute worst to each other, and he ends up slapping both of them in the face. <laughs> yeah, and and then Judy is like, "Daddy, slap me too. I'm a gemstone. I'm a gemstone. You gotta slap me too." <laughs> and he's just like ignores her. Yeah. It's like, Judy. What is wrong with you yeah. that you you feel left out of being slapped? And she has this. They all live on this huge compound with like armed guards in their own yes uh, individual <clears throat> mansions. And she has this boyfriend who's from outside the family. Fiance. Fiance. Excuse me, Judy. And <laughs> he basically lives with her, but they have to hide and pretend that he doesn't. Yes. Because they're not married. Yes. Which I know how that is. And. Yeah, and like they're making fun of him for being kind of a, a panty waste or whatever they call him. Yeah, wow. Well, and yeah. they're like, well, at least you know we, you know, we we uh, he's he's like some kind of woman. It's like, no, we respect women. And Jesse's wife Amber, yes, uh, played by um, Cassidy Freeman, who's I love her. She's great. She's like, yes. that's not true. I, honey, can I say something? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> women get to say whatever they want. In this yeah, family. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's funny. Uh, if I had to criticize this, it would be... Well, uh, actually, here's the other side of my they're not really going after religion thing. Mm. Um, it's that religion is also, I think, by omission portrayed as bad because everybody is reprehensible in this show. True. Um, there are moments of humanity. Like you bring a character like uh, Baby Billy in. Oh, boy. Play- Baby Billy. <laughs> It was amazing. It is played by Walton Goggins. And from yeah. what I understand, was not part of the pitch of the show. Like Danny McBride had been in Vice Principals with Walton Goggins and like just liked working with him so much that they're like, how do we get him into this show? Oh, that's and it's so like, funny. He'll play this that. old, old, you know, uh, preacher. Yes. A uh, song and dance preacher that was the brother of the dead wife. Yes. Uh, the matriarch. And so they bring him in and you think this guy is, he's going to be. A real shit stain. Mm-hmm. And he actually ends up being kind of sympathetic, you know, and he kind is. of straight shooting. Yeah. And, and while Eli is going to war with the local preachers over their new megachurch, yeah. he's trying to smooth everything over. Yeah. But despite that, everybody's horrible. Even the pastors like, um, is it Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulrooney? Oh, we never know. Boy. I think it's Dermot Mulrooney. Uh, he plays yeah. like the leader of like the other uh, pastors in this town yes. who are worried about them coming in and taking their congregations. Yes. And at first he approaches Eli like, Hey man, don't take our churches. And then yeah. later on he confronts him in at the Sunday cafe or whatever. And he's like, these gemstones, they're all about greed. You know, this isn't about God. Yeah. And then later he just makes the throat cutting thing and has his goons go and destroy their church. I know. So it's like, so there are no holy people in this, y- right? which they see as, a feature and I see as a bug. I'm not mm. saying that there has to be one, you know, beatific child who's like, well, very I'm a, pious. Must, shouldn't we yeah. all love God? 
I don't think it should be that far, but there's n- are there no good people in this? Adam Devine is probably the best, the youngest son or whatever, is probably yeah. the most um, straightforward and sort of holy in his uh, kind of yeah. goings on. Uh, surprisingly. He's, he's self-absorbed like anybody else. Yeah. He feels bad because he's the youth minister because a lot of pastors, and this is true as well, start off as youth ministers and try to break out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like trying to get with the kids. He's like, we're going to have some fun, fresh times. And the kids right. Are like, All right. Whatever. Yeah. And my favorite character of the show. Yeah. Is his live in friend. Oh, my Keith. God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's like, I can't, I can't remember that actor's name, but he's so, he's so good. He is. And he's just, I'll sketch it. If you haven't seen the show, he is a former Satanist. Yes. Party boy, basically. Yeah. Devil worshiper. Yeah. Who now uh, lives in a weird kind of arrangement. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, the youngest, yeah. uh, I can't remember the youngest gemstone's name, uh, but anyway, is Calvin. Calvin, is that there what you it go. Yeah. yeah, name four, Calvin. Yeah, and so yeah, so they like live together, and it's you're like, what's going on here? But basically, he's just like totally. He <laughs> he's playing. So he's got all these video games in his house, Calvin, yeah. uh, and he's playing the video game, and he's talking about how like the, you know the original boss of this game. Was a devil figure, yes, called Devil Devil Tom or something. Yeah, yeah. And he'd yeah. try to he'd whisper things to your character, but parents parents got mad about that. They replaced him with a man who's a shark, top half, but <laughs> just muscle man on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, tries yeah. to bite you. It's a way better character. <laughs> and the whole time he just seems like this guy's a serial killer, but he might be the I nicest know. guy. I I think he really in is. in the thing. And you think he's going to get tempted back into Satanism? Well. It's a TV show that has to go for a certain amount of weeks. Yeah. I'm sure he will. But in the fourth episode, they have to go to this like satanic rave to save the daughter of yes. the Chick-fil-A stand-in guy. Yes. And he's confronted with like the Satanists and like their party drugs and sex and it and you think like, oh, yeah. that's it for that's it for Keith. And then later on he's fine. And the Satanists are like, Hey, you wanna keep partying with us? And he's like, I gotta follow that man. Yeah. You know, he's shown me the light. Right. And I want to see where this this glorious creature takes me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Calvin's like, hey, I got to take a dump. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Um, every episode ends with some kind of like shocking violence. And you're like, wait a minute, isn't this a comedy? I know. But then it usually picks up and it's like, no, we're just trying to keep you watching. Yeah, right. Um, I think it's very entertaining. Um, I... I never thought that I'd be like so invested in this a group of characters like this, you know, who are um, yeah. uh, very religious and but they're like, but it's like a business too, you know. Yeah, yeah, and they're so, all adults who act incredibly childishly. Yeah, uh, on both shows, they're yes. all you know flicking each other's nuts and punching each other and mm-hmm. calling each other names and stuff like that. There's one thing that there's something that really shut me off to Succession almost immediately, which what was. was that? At the end, near the end of the first episode, there's this tradition, I guess, they have, which is literally just written to make us, to distance us from the audience and make us hate these people. They take helicopters from downtown Manhattan out to, I don't know, Long Island or something like that. And they play like a family game of softball. Yeah. And there's this part where, (laughs) this is why it doesn't make any sense, because we don't even know these people. There's like a Hispanic family that's just there for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why and they're, they're like, there. hey, does the kid want to play? Yeah, let's have fun. Let's have him play. And then the kid gets up to bat and Kara Culkin's like, hey, if you get a hit, I'll give you a million dollars. Yeah. If he you makes get... a big show of writing yeah. the check out and everything. And then the kid gets a hit 
I guess it's a home run. The kid yeah, gets it's a, a hit, home run. And he, he's rounding third, and he gets tagged out. And Kara calls is like, oh, well, you did really good. You almost made it. Oh, well, he's tearing the check up. He's like, yeah, it was really great. Really great hustle. And the kid goes back to his family, Hispanic family, no lines. They all are. Yeah just devastated by this yeah. hugging each other and the family keeps playing and i'm like what was the point of that that was a I know. vice level of lack of subtlety mm-hmm. we get it mm-hmm. there they don't care about poor people especially non-white people yeah whereas on the gemstones there's a whole cast of characters that we haven't even named yet the Goons that follow Jesse around. Oh, I know. Like uh, Levi and yes. Gregory and Chad. Yeah. Who he is horrible to. And I'm Awful. sure I'm sure it will come to a head at some point. Yeah. But it's just showing us that you've got these characters that are sketched out. They're not really like three-dimensional characters. But like Levi, he thinks that like Levi is in on it because he's handsome or something like that. He plays I, guitar in the church band. Yeah. So they hold him down and he gets a knife out and he's like, how about if I cut your face off? And he's like, hey man, this is too much. <laughs> yeah. And then something makes them have to stop and he's like, that was a test. You passed the test. That yeah. means you're righteous now. Right. And he's like, it's just, it's just not cool. And it's yeah. not funny. Like it's no. not funny at all. Like you, you feel bad for this guy. Yeah, absolutely. And he just leaves. And it, so it just feels more real. Like there's more consequences in this show where we're chucking wieners into each other's mouths. <laughs> and you've got the, and you got the, she's playing the um, Moonlight Sonata or whatever. And yes. while his wife's playing the piano and all pastor's wives play the piano. Right. Uh, we cut through to like all the different characters doing goofy stuff. And uh-huh. like Jesse's like, down on his knees like the like the Pharisee ready to like give this amazing prayer to God and we're right. just kind of sweeping around and I read a review from somebody that said that was stupid and it's like what are you talking about <laughs> that's just setting the scene for this show yeah yeah exactly recommend or not recommend um I would recommend this um I think it's very entertaining um so what about gemstones I'm talking about gemstones oh oh Okay. Uh, gemstones, I would recommend. Succession, I say pass. I'm probably going to keep watching Succession just Are because you? I don't have a choice. You think? Everybody's talking about it. Really? But look. Okay. Well, it, it reaches into the nines out of tens on IMDb, right? right? Well, that many people can't be wrong. I, I will follow you. The John Wick you. movies are amazing. Wow. I will follow you, but. Um, Wherever I may go. Yeah. You, even if it's to a boring place. There I isn't that no show that's too boring. <laughs> <laughs> Sister act. Snoring. Snoring. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't want to get in the way of your creativity. Please keep going. Well, that is it. Do we another another chonker of a show? We got to get these things down. Yeah, I know, right? Things will we talk about tropes on this show? That's the point. Yeah. And every single one of these things, I think, I felt like it connected to each other. Absolutely. Even the video game connected. Yeah. It's all about people striving under these systems of control: economic control, yeah. social control, spiritual control. Mm-hmm. <sighs> This show is brought to you by the letter B for bullshit. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's just they all go together. Yeah, they, they, they do. We talk okay. about Sailor Sailor Moon? Yeah. Sailor Noob? Yes. Did you want to talk about it? Oh, did we? Oh. Sorry. Great, um, great cue up there. <laughs> if you can get through this, I'll give you a million dollars. All right. 
We have a new show on the Just Enough Trope Network, and it's called Sailor Noob. Um, it's hosted by me and Cal, uh, and uh, it's about it's a... It's hosted s- by you. Well, okay, it's hosted by me. It's about a Sailor Moon expert and a noob, and we talk about all of the episodes of Sailor Moon, episode by episode, in Japanese with subtitles. Um, and <laughs> it's got the biggest appeal of any podcast ever. <laughs> And uh, and then we uh, talk about we have different segments on the show as well, and um, we've we've done quite a few episodes so far, um, and looking forward to it uh, being released. So. It's well, it's out now. Oh, is it's, it? Okay. It's really about Sailor. Uh, it's about hitting your mic stand. It's also about Sailor Moon. Yes. Um, which many people have seen, and if you haven't, this might not be your show. But if you were going to watch Sailor Moon, yeah. And you're an anime fan and you've never got around to it, like me, mm. the titular noob of the show. Yes. It is a great companion piece. I would agree with because you. Because we not only talk about the show, but we talk about the anime and, and I use this because it was used then, Jap animation phenomenon mm-hmm. of the late 80s and up or, till now. Yeah. Like your favorite oldie station. And we talk about Japanese culture. Yes. We talk about the influence of the creators of this show, but also other shows, where it fits into the entire thing. And we kind of give it the whole Just Enough Trump shakedown. It mm-hmm. just has to do with moon, prism, power, makeup. Exactly. Um, I like to think it's entertaining. I think. Yeah, it's entertaining. Uh, um, I think we have a good time talking about Sailor Moon. So. <sighs> Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> when the monsters of the week is no good, then it's more of a slog. Well, it, it really kind of sours it, which is just kind of... <laughs> It's kind of interesting but how those that are, happens. Yeah, but those shows know? are good because they're good to make fun of. Yeah, I, I would agree. Why does this monster think that having a radio show where <laughs> women write in their Lonely Hearts letters I know. and then you send them a gem that will suck their energy yep. for the Dark Overlord. Yeah. And what, what is, why how does is Sailor this, Moon get them shut down? The why FCC? Why is this so convoluted? He's got to wield these yeah. powers I of, know, of right? control and these uh, organizations. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, check that out. That is on the Just Enough Trope Network and uh, our usual podcast feed, uh, we will... I mean, if you go to, like, the Just Enough YouTube channel, you get all of our shows. Yeah. Uh, and then every other show has an individual feed. So we'll put a um, thing in the show notes for this, or we'll tweet it out on Just Enough Trope, uh, or at Just Enough Trope soon. Uh, yeah. Also, find us on Facebook, Just Enough yes. Trope, uh, all the normal places. Join us on our Discord. We've got a link to that in our show notes. Mm-hmm. And tell us what you thought about... All the many, many things that we talked about yes. on this show, all the fresh uh, new content that's out there, because we want to hear about it. Uh, subscribe to our show. That's the best way to get it. When it's ready, it comes right to you. And also give us a review, because we want to know how you think that we're doing. And tell us what you want us to cover uh, on upcoming shows. Uh, yeah. This was nominally for Halloween show, but not really. <laughs> the Lighthouse was scary. It was. <laughs> At least in parts. It was scary. Yeah. Uh, it was very scary. Uh-huh. Um, what do you? Well, I was going to do something about masturbation, but maybe yeah. I'll just hold hold on to it. <laughs> I guess I just did it there. Uh, yeah. uh, and also give us a rating because that's how those computers know that we're doing a good job. So give us five little scrimshod mermaid figures. There you go. The mermaid. Yeah. Ever the temptation of the yeah. the old of salty sailors. dog. Yeah. The sailors. Yeah. Get out there. Yeah. It's like the captain and. The Simpsons, when he wins those copies of Jugs at the at the city auction or whatever, and he's like, "These copies of Jugs will keep my men straight on the long nights at sea." 
for about 10 minutes. Oh my goodness. Is it a progressive thing to, how come no sailor movies have addressed the same six relationships that had to have existed on ships? I don't know. That's a good question. Some of them, obviously, not an open society, so they, they dare not blow their own whistle, but... Some of them had to be like, whatever, man, we're in open waters. Who cares? Yeah. Right? I, I, I'm sure. Absolutely. I'm going to write um, that. I, yeah. There you go. That's the next big Showtime show. There you go. <laughs> Showtime. Shameless. Popular for a long time. Bunch of poor kids. Yeah. This is true. Who are also failed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and their patriarch, the worst. Yeah. Absolutely the worst. All right, well, we've got, we're still working on this theory. So give us five stars in the meantime. And we'll be back next week with something different. Until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. Yeah.